Hey there, you've reached the voicemail of Molly Ambergie. Sorry that I can't come to the phone right now. I'm currently recording the next episode of the Casually Molly podcast. So hang up your phone, don't leave me a voicemail, and go listen to this episode. It's about to get started. Please, SJ, don't hurt him. Star Trek lingo. I redshirt him. Now don't ask if I'm a Trekkie, just something I picked up. Back up before you test me, you doing way too much. Police gon' come arrest me for fucking your ass up. But then they'll straight up catch me, cause bruh, you just playing suck. There I go again, that rant was non-canon. Through the channel back to regular programming. The alphabet was murdered, all but one letter died. On time, all I could think, where the hell was I? Thought he could get away, but caught that little bugger. But should it be you, man? Use bullets that were rubber. The non-lethal things are mother. Fuckers, they riot. The powerful, you weak on second thought. Don't try it. Actually, don't do shit. Your lazy's the way that goes. So, couch potato? Don't worry if it don't make sense now. That's not what it's about. Stop tripping, learn how. Welcome back to the Casually Molly podcast. I am your host, Molly Ambergie. The song that you just heard is called Trust the Bounce. It is by Super Jazz from Same Difference Music and can be found on all streaming services. I'm laughing because our next next guest, excuse me, John Green, say hello. Hello. <laughs> oh, God. He was so funny. We, we don't have the music yet, obviously, because we're recording, but John did his research, listened to it, and what? They. They? Oh, yeah. see? This is why I have John too, because in case I don't know something, I gotta have him help me, or they help me. So, they listened to it, they heard it, and they approved. Am I correct on the approval? Yes, <laughs> pretty good. I like it. Yeah, absolutely. I like bouncy music. Yeah, bouncy music. What's your favorite kind of music, John? Oh, uh, sad white guys with acoustic guitars singing about Jesus. All right, there we go. Yeah. It's very specific. Very specific. Well, that's what I like, John. I love that you're specific. Well, John, can you remember how we met exactly? Uh, I think, uh, I don't know, because the first time that, like, I'm always, like, in my head and I don't recognize anyone. Or that's okay. Name. But the first time I remember we were at Helium and you came up to me and said, "Oh, hey, John," and I and I. Oh, like, I do remember this. Stopped yeah. for a second, and I was just like, had to like think of like, oh God, there's a person who knows me, and I feel incredibly bad right now. That's all right. No, well, I remembered you because you were on stage, and you vaguely like talked to me for a couple of seconds. So that second week at Helium, we were both on the list again. And I was at the bar, and you know when you're just, like, crowded with people next to you? You yeah. happen to be next to me. So I was like, oh, hey. <laughs> and yeah. you were like, oh, you're cool. Don't even worry about it. So even though you didn't even know who I was, you were still really cool and really nice. And... I'm really glad because internally I can assure you that I was panicking. <laughs> no, not panicking. at all. You were just like, how are you? What's going on? Are you still doing comedy? I was like, sure <laughs> am. I'm like, well, now I sound like an <laughs> asshole. <laughs> No, not at all. You were an asshole. You were actually very, very sweet. But uh, why don't we talk about, so obviously, John and I met in comedy. Uh, let's talk about how, now are you from St. Louis? Oh, uh, yeah. Born and raised. Okay. So where did you grow up? Did you grow up in the city, in the county? Uh, I was born in like the heart of North County, and then my dad uh, got a little money. Okay. And uh, white flighted out to O'Fallon, Missouri. <laughs> All right. Uh, where I w uh, spent most of my formulative years just smoking weed and watching movies. Yes, absolutely. What's your favorite movie? Oh, shit. 
God. <laughs> I'm just going to say Collateral because I watched it earlier and Collateral is awesome. All right. Well, now, I don't know if I've seen that movie. What movie oh, is uh, So Collateral is directed by who, the person who is my favorite filmmaker, Michael Mann. Okay. And it's like Tom Cruise, like right before the fall of Tom Cruise, like yeah. right before he does the Oprah stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh... It's Tom Cruise and Jamie Foxx. Tom Cruise is, like, this weird hitman, and he, like, gets into Jamie Foxx's L.A. taxi cab and makes him drive around to, like, the different hits. Oh, get up. And it's really sad and weird and about broken men, and Jada Pinkett Smith is in it. Mm-hmm. I'll have to take a look at this now oh, that yeah. I know it's that this does exist. It's, it's a on really HBO. good movie. Perfect. It's Jimmy, I think we may have the HBO login, so if we could do this together one night, that would be great. <laughs> Yeah. You guys are going to be real sad at the end of this action movie. Oh, you should have seen us. We watched the movie Vice with um, Christian Bale. And oh, yeah. then, Everyone's oh, dad's favorite film of Oh, right. Well, because we, so it came out, I have a Hulu account, so it came on Hulu. So we were like, oh, we never saw this in theaters, obviously. So let's watch it. And I was very tired that night. This is how tired I was. Jimmy goes, I knew how exhausted you were was that you had coffee before the movie and you still fell asleep during the movie, even though you had coffee. But I saw the beginning, and I saw the end. It was very well made. The people who produced Step Brothers actually produced this movie. And he was so angry after the movie was done, rightfully so. And I was like... Just, like, about America? uh, Well, just just about Dick Cheney. He's like, Dick Cheney is a dick. Like, all (laughs) all this stuff. And, like... I was like, babe, and I was like, shit, like, because that's the that's story of my life, is that when I watch movies, I'm like, I'm the queen of knowing the beginning of the movie and, like, the end of the movie, but because I'm so tired by the time we watch them, like, I'm like, oh, so he was like, you're going to have to watch this. I was like, oh, I'm, I'm pretty sure I knew Dick Daney was a chick, so, or Dick Cheney was a chick, Dick you know Dick Daney was a chick. <laughs> that's when you know I'm exhausted, Dick too, Dick Daney guys. would be a great name for a, uh, for a drag queen. All right, there you go. Yeah. Okay, that's going to be the drag queen for Dick Cheney and the next show that we have coming up. I'm going to have to produce this now. Oh, this is going to be do. great. But I already knew the ending, so it's all right. But who knows? Maybe I'll watch it again. How does that movie end? Like, I did not see it. Uh, basically, it just ends in that you find out that Dick Cheney covered up a lot during the Bush administration. Oh, and, he was just a bad person. And he was just like, he took a lot of liberties that he probably shouldn't have taken being the vice president. It There's a lot of shady shit in there. So if you can watch Vice, I would highly recommend it. Or you can watch Collateral upon John's recommendation. So yeah, he's got two thumbs good. up. Uh, yeah. Well, John's the best. Let's talk about your life, too, going into comedy. So okay. how did you get into comedy, John? Uh, so I got into comedy during kind of like... Sorry that I just uh, threw a lot of ice around my head. Ooh, it, it's okay. <laughs> I, I wasn't going to call it out until you did. But uh, I got into comedy during like the like what we're going to talk about today, where uh, like I got out of high school, and I had no idea what I was doing. I was just like, I had dropped out of community college after taking two classes and going to two of them, (laughs) and then just never going again. I was just kind of smoking weed and watching movies, trying to figure out, like, oh, I guess I'll just work dead-end jobs, 
and then like I uh, the wonderful world of podcasting yeah. was like really heating up and a few of the people who did movie podcasts that I liked happened to be stand ups. Yeah. So I started looking at that and then I invited this girl who I ended up dating for a year. Uh, to come to an open mic with me in the thi- in the hopes that me getting on stage would impress her. Oh, it did not. <laughs> she thought I was a fucking dork, but then thought I was like halfway attractive, and we saw each other for a long time. Yeah, absolutely. There you go. And then bye. <laughs> yeah. Hey, if you're like, if you're thinking about trying comedy and you want to bring someone that you hope to sleep with, don't. It works this one time, but it's not. I'm looking at the computer like like it's the person listening. Yeah. I want them to feel absolutely that I'm like <laughs> st- staring them in the eye. I feel that way though. When I when I was first like starting like um, online dating, you know, you put in like you know, oh, I do stand up comedy or I'm trying to pursue doing it. And the first thing that dates usually ask you is they're like, oh, can I come um, watch you at an open mic? And, like, I felt like that was kind of a, a personal thing, as weird as that sounds. Like, I was like, oh, maybe you can, like, come to, like, a show. But I don't really want to, like, be with my friends and, like, bring you to an open mic. Which I know sounds, like, kind of weird because at an open mic we're like, oh, we need, like, an audience that isn't just comedians, you know. But at yeah, the but same time. Yeah, you want time, them to be complete strangers. Yes, so exactly. So that if you're not funny, you don't have to see them again. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I think I actually had a date that I was going to have. You know, we were talking, and he was like, oh, my God, I think you're hilarious. I've seen some of your videos on YouTube. I want to come to your open mic tonight. And I said, oh, it was at the Laugh Lounge over in Florissant. And I was like, you know, I'm really sorry. It's a real romantic spot. I'm not inviting you. Like, I'm going to hang out with my girlfriends. I'm going to hang out with, like, my ladies. I'm not. I'm not doing it. So he stopped talking to me because he got pissed off that I didn't. forever? Yeah. He, like, didn't. But then I ended up meeting Jimmy, so it was fine. <laughs> you That's know, good. Which I was like, this is a better yeah, pick anyway. Jimmy's a nice boy. Yeah, Jimmy's a good guy. Shout out to Jim. Um, but yeah, so that's cool. So you start doing comedy. You've been doing shows around the city. Uh, but what we're, what we're talking about today is called casually getting your shit together because John is embarking on a new journey. Why don't you talk about where you're going, what you're doing, and what this next chapter is in oh, your life. Oh, man. So, like, from hearing my voice for this long, you probably have guessed that the only thing that this dork cares about is movies, which is correct. So, uh, (laughs) I basically got an offer from my parents that said, hey, you can go to school or you can join the union. So, uh, I'm going to go to film school in old Chicago, Illinois. All right. What's the what school are you going to? Uh, Columbia College Chicago, which, which is, according to one uh, listicle I read, is the most bang for your buck film school that there is. I've heard it's pretty good. So yeah, I've had a friend I think that went to Columbia College for the arts, but he went for um, undergrad for theater, and then uh, he ended up staying in the city and working around the area. But um, if he's still out there, I'll give you his contact info. But. Um, it's, I think it's very interesting. You know, we do come across these different decisions in our lives because for me personally, um, I was in Cincinnati for a couple of years. I went to SLU, St. Louis University. I double majored. I was um, in journalism and theater and I was working in theater for about a few years after school. 
And then I kind of went through this crazy breakup. So I called my parents and I was like, you know, I really need to move home and like be with my parents. And it kind of was a cross, what is it? Not crossing paths. What is it? Oh my gosh. I cannot come up with the term. But it was uh, a crossroads. There we go. I was like, I'm crossing my hands. No one can see me do it. But um, it was really hard for me because I went home and I love Cincinnati. And Cincinnati is a very thriving city right now. There's a lot of theater, a lot of comedy, a lot of arts. Um, But I really missed everybody here. So I was like, well, I have this great job over at Hotel Ignacio. I'm producing a play over at the Cransburg Arts Center and Grand Center. I'll move back. And it uh, it really kind of, when I moved back, it was different being in St. Louis when I was... 27 versus being 22 and like young and being like, oh, you know, like what's going to happen? And I I really had to casually get my shit together. And, you know, even though I still don't always have it together, I, you know, you kind of learn, you're like, I got to fight for this. I got to fight for what I want. And that's when I kind of fell into comedy because I was trying to focus on me and what I wanted to do. And I was like, I just want to pursue some comedy. And that's how that ended up happening. Uh, which I, I feel like we all kind of have those crossroads in life. So you were presented with this option of going to school. What made you decide, you know what, I'm going to go to film school. I like movies. What made you decide on specifically Chicago? Uh, mostly because uh, when I alluded to my little, uh, I don't know what to do with my life and I'm 18. Yeah. Was uh, Columbia was originally the school I was going to go to, but originally I was going to go there for journalism. Okay. But then I graduated high school in 2016. Right. And the Trump had just gotten elected and journalism was very clearly such a dead medium. Yeah. That mm-hmm. it just like turned me off to it entirely and and then that whole thing of like I spent my life being like oh I'm gonna be a journalist and then I was done but like there was always like this thing of like oh I would have I should have just gone to Chicago Mm -hmm. and I should have just gone to that school anyway and found a thing and then now that I've like right very much of like this is what I want Mm-hmm. And I can try and fail at this, and the union will always be there to have me if I crash and burn. <laughs> exactly. There you go. I uh, what what part of film are you looking into? Are you looking for all facets? Do you want to be a director, a producer? I want to be a cinematographer. Cinematographer. Now tell yeah. us a little bit about that. Uh, basically, what that means the official like title is director of photography. Uh, it's basically you talk to the director and you say, all right, this is the best place to have the cameras. This is where we can cover the most stuff. This is how we should frame the shot. This is what colors we should use in the shot. Dealing with, like, lenses and all just, like, the technical stuff of film that doesn't have to do with, like, stories and acting and all of that. Wow. No, that's really cool. I I, I always want to learn kind of more about what goes on in the film industry because I don't do a ton with it, though I'd like to. Um... So, you know, you did comedy, you kind of like helped you put yourself out there. Do you think that comedy is something that you're going to take with you to Chicago? Uh, that was the thing, because like, if you would have asked me when I started doing this, I would be like, I want to be a touring comedian. <laughs> and then, uh, like, you, and then I started going to like comedy clubs, and I was just like, oh, this, this just makes me very sad inside. So, like, I, like, you, uh, were around for this when I just, like, started going in and started doing, like, no mic stand and all yeah, that stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Let's talk about a little bit Ooh, no mic stand, because no I had the, uh, dead. I had the pleasure of being in John's own produced idea 
no mic stands. So basically what happens is a lot of you know kind of about like underground concerts or like places where different events are being held and it's a secret address, which is always kind of really cool. I, I really love that idea. Uh, so John kind of took it to a different level by using it for comedy. So what he did was he went online and was like, hey, everybody, we're going to have you be invited to such and such like lineup that's going to take place at a secret address. Message me if you'd like to be there. And then only like maybe a couple of hours before the event, the address would be released. Yeah, usually uh, about a couple hours or I would just like the people I knew were coming. I would just pop it into their inboxes. Yeah. Yeah. How was that? So how did you like being a producer of something kind of an event where you had to keep things on the, the down low and something like, in a, you know, in a culture where everything on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram is very defined? How did you feel being a producer and bringing a community together at, under such secretive circumstances? How did that go for you? Uh, well, it kind of feels like you're uh, a weird sort of cult leader with this <laughs> Uh, yeah. I love that, a cult leader. That's hysterical. Yeah, but uh, most of the time, and like you saw me during these shows, I was just incredibly stressed out and running around or sitting at the back, like uh, uh, like outside of a window, smoking a cigarette, trying not to just yell at everyone. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was a really cool thing. Uh, like the, the show is dead now. I officially like killed it before I went to Chicago just to like put a nice ribbon on it. Yeah. It might come back at some point, but for now, uh, we have buried the beast mm -hmm. uh, in a park. Uh, but it was just this thing where everybody, like, if you're going to do a house show, the cool thing about it is that everybody who comes to the house show specifically found out about that house show, not from, like, a Facebook ad or exactly. or an email blast or some yeah. of this, like, organized comedy bullshit, and they just want to come to somebody's house and... Ha and like there's shit bring a six pack of beer and sit on the floor and well that's what i kind of liked about the feeling because you know this is the casually molly podcast it is very casual it is kind of about very free-flowing yeah. even though we do kind of have some kind of organizational setting yeah but that's, that's what i organized comedy was kind of yeah the, uh, the like rally cry Exa well that show. was the thing that's what i liked was that john had like the lineup he would host it but it was so nice and relaxed because you would just sit there in this person's house and be like, here we are. And you got to, like, meet somebody new. You got to, like, I don't know. There's also something cool about having something be in an intimate setting. Um, so that's what I'm kind of wondering is, what would you... Oh. <laughs> yes. So what what are you going to take this kind of concept with you to maybe in the film industry? Do you think that's maybe something you'd like to do in um could like, I do like an underground screening or something like that uh I don't know like uh like my whole like thing with performance is that like I came up of just like I was a snot-nosed little scumbum who uh would like run around the St. Louis punk scene getting into trouble with like a bunch of like, now that I look back at it, very bad people who should not have been hanging out with a 16-year-old who was drinking that much. <laughs> but, uh, but like, yeah, DIY ethos and stuff is, like, always going to be a huge part of me. And I will not be surprised if, like, most of the things I made are 
uh, I make art just like thrown together on shoestring budgets and mm -hmm. are just like pe people done like in that Ed Wood tradition of like everybody's doing this solely because they love doing this and because they can't do anything else. Gotcha. Uh, yeah. Cool. Now, is there a certain plot line or story that eventually you would like to make into a film when you go on to this next chapter at school? Ooh, if you I had the opportunity to do so. Possibly. Like, in anything, like, I am bad at writing dialogue and things. Like, I am only good at writing jokes for me to say. Mm -hmm. uh, which is why I wanted to go into more of, like, the technical part sure. of film. But uh, I always thought that there never, there's not really been, like, aside from something like Spring Breakers, which is more of a heist film, of just, the 2010 needs their defining, like, uh, drug epic movie. Mm -hmm. Like, just a real good young people running drugs movie. It, it. I love scum, and I love crime movies, and I think that that's what needs to be made. So, yeah, just a big, scummy, young people drug movie. I absolutely agree. So do you think that you'll ever have a project on maybe Netflix or Hulu someday that we can stream out? Uh, I mean, <laughs> I hope to work on a ton of commercials and then maybe get an all right movie in there <laughs> Exactly. I agree. But, what would you define as probably your level of success then? Um, you know, we're talking about casually getting your shit together. And I yeah. feel that everybody has their own version of what getting their shit together is. So, you know, you are going to school. This is an option that you chose. And you were saying that you were talking about, oh, you know, I'm casually moving forward, casually get my shit together. What does overall that define for you? Uh, mostly, like, I just, like, the bar for me is just, oh, you can pay your rent and accidentally spend $100 and it doesn't fuck you for the week. <laughs> right, exactly. It's like, that is all I want. It's just to have enough money to exist and hang out and, like, do something I care about. Exactly. I, I completely agree. I feel that sometimes people, they're so worried about the perception of getting your shit together. Yeah. It's just like, oh, like for me, I feel the same way. I was like, as long as I can afford where I live, do what I want to do, be in that happy mental state, move somewhere that I want to move to, that I feel comfortable and producing the environment that I want to be in, that's a place for me. But I feel like sometimes we're like, oh my God, I need to get my shit together. I need people to see me for me. I need to have, you know, like, the right amount of money and, like, the partner and the job and then this. Like, how do you feel kind of about when people try to put these markers, I guess, per se, oh, on man. their life? Well, obviously, like, being, like, a, a non-binary person, I'm just not into any markers Exactly, all. which I think that's what I love about you is that you're just, like, they. Yeah. Like, just let's keep it real. I'm, like, I'm just John. I'm not a boy or a girl, but uh, I've bucked under, like, pretty much every expectation of me that has ever been had. Uh-huh. Uh, just, like, my parents wanted me to be, like, a hockey jock, and I turned out, a f like, a, a weird nerd about franchise action movies, mm -hmm. and then they wanted me to go be a journalist, and I hung out and smoked weed and washed dishes for three years. Exactly. And 
and now they want me to be a union man. <laughs> I'm going to go be a film queer. Absolutely. I love that, though. I feel like that you're staying true to yourself and you're following what you'd like to do. Um, as for the comedy scene here, we are know that you are moving from St. Louis and kind of leaving that chapter behind. Is there Are there any stories that kind of... Um, or places or memories that really meant a lot to oh. you when you were pursuing comedy here in the city of St. Louis? Uh, there are like mostly like two that really hop out at me. One is uh, the thing I referenced earlier, which was like the first time I went I went to the Heavy Anchor, mm-hmm. and uh, like I we like I saw like pretty much every it was like. Right before all the people who were, like, big time out, like, stopped doing mics as much. Yeah. And it was just, like, I saw, like, a- like Amy Stryker, uh, fuck, uh, I don't know why I can't remember a name right That's okay. It's, like, when Justin I couldn't remember Crossroads. <laughs> I'm sorry that I forgot Justin's name. Uh, and, like, all of these people who were just, like, oh, you can, like, do some cool, weird shit with this. Mm-hmm. And it can be really rad. And then, like, that, like, just, like, the opening up of the subculture. And then when I did the last no mic stand of, like, all the people who I was, like, ooh, at my first open mic, I was, like, I want to be his friend. I want to be her friend. I want to be their friend. And, like, all of those people were just, like, oh, hey, John, we're here to see your last show. Aww. And it, yeah, it was a nice full circle. I'm comfortable being retired from comedy forever. Oh my gosh, I I love how comfortable you are about things, though. You know what I mean? Like, like you know, you don't even seem. You know, sometimes I feel like when you start a new chapter of your life, things can be very bittersweet. Have you ever felt kind of a little bittersweet about leaving St. Louis and going to school? Oh, yeah. I had to go through a, a breakup recently because I oh. had to, like, yeah. I I'm would, sorry to hear that. Yeah. Uh, like, it was, like, that was kind of a bittersweet thing of, like, we showed up for, like, hanging out one day. We are just like, hey, this... This is not strong enough to survive the fact that I'm not going to come back to St. Louis that right. much. And uh, it was it was good and healthy, but, like, breakups are still sad. Uh, breakups are still... Bra- that's, like, that's also something that falls into casually getting your shit together. It's yeah. also kind of your personal life as well, kind of where you stand on it, whether you're single or, you know, whatever sexuality that you are, or if you do want to be with somebody, you know what being with somebody how does that entail like what is the status and the responsibility that that would be to you um i guess what i want to ask you too is for people who are starting to you know you had this great chapter of doing comedy in st louis for people who are starting out in the scene yeah fun ass time exactly what would you tell them starting out in comedy oh uh first of all and I'm going to get serious. Molly, can you describe my serious pose? He really is very, or Faye is very serious right now. Faye has hands on Faye knees. Okay. <laughs> so. Eyes are staring at the microphone all, right now. All of this is so goddamn stupid. Everything disappears right after you say it, unless you say something like heinous and evil. So don't say anything heinous or evil. Don't be scared of anything because it ends five minutes after it started. And just goof off and 
find your friends and hang out with, in the back with them because at the end of the day, the fun part about comedy is hanging out at the bar with two people and it's just you three against the world. Aww. Now I'm giving a thumbs up. That is what I have to tell you. That is what I've learned about comedy. John has just given everybody a thumbs up about what they have learned in comedy. And I think that's actually very, very true. I feel like sometimes when people are, myself included, when you first start out in comedy, you're like, oh, I want like this killer set and I want to make, you know, my, my, you know, what is it? My impact. And then, you know, you say something that probably didn't hit right or kind of bombed on you. And you're like, oh, like everybody's going to remember me for what I said. But that it's so true. If you say, if you do something shitty or if you do something hateful, yeah. if you're just like, for example, rude. if you were to walk on a stage with a dildo mounted to your ah. hat, people ah. would talk for t- about you for like six or seven months. Oh my god, I Remember forgot that guy? about that. That was genius. <laughs> so here's actually getting people speaking of getting your shit together. Um, when I first moved back to St. Louis, one of my first open mics, other than the improv shop, was over at Helium. And Julie Glosser, who was the um, kind of like the manager at the time. I can't think of the term yeah. right now. The top she was of my the booker, head. right? Booker. Yep. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, because she, she just started to like me, and then she left. Oh. And then I was just like, oh, well, I'm just never gonna work here. Right? No. Shout out to Julie. She was. Yeah. She was. Julie. Cool. I will give her such props. You know, I was new. I just made the helium list, and like I'm sure you feel the same way, John. You're like, oh, where do I go? What do I do? What happens when you first are somewhere new? You don't know. So I saw her with the clipboard. <laughs> and I was like, yes, somebody has a clipboard. That means they know what they're talking about, right? So I walked right up to her. I was like, all right, here we go. And I said, do you mind showing me? Because she said, you know, the lights come on and whatnot. I said, you know, every club is different. Would you just mind showing me where the lights are? And she goes, oh, my God, absolutely. Yeah, well, then I hear. Are terrible. Yeah, because you just, you don't, I didn't know where they are. I was like, I'm new. I, I, I just told her, I said, I'm going to fuck this up if I don't know. And she goes, fair enough. I'd rather have somebody ask me than not. So I hear this voice, as I'm sure you probably felt too, behind me. And he was like, I'm new as well. I want to see the lights too. And I turn around and it's like this old guy with like a fanny pack and like a tie-dye shirt that like doesn't go over his stomach at all. No offense to anybody that's in that current situation. But I was like comedy gear. It was just, co- it was, yeah, that was he, the comedy. He, he was like theater. a man in a costume. Yes. Trying to look ridiculous, but succeeding in just looking like an asshole. Oh, my God. He was he was terrible. And he was asking a bunch of questions. And, of course, because I'm nice. And I was like, oh, you know. And he was like, oh, my God. You know, I was on radio. I was a script writer. I'm a comedian. No, he I do. wasn't. I, I, exactly. <laughs> well, that's, that's the other thing, too. That's when you know that somebody casually doesn't have their shit together. Is when they start rattling off everything everything that they do and I'm like okay so basically you don't know how to do anything that you're trying to come up with a concoction of all the things you do so that way it looks like you have your shit together when you by chance the people that have their shit together will never rattle out a resume to you let's just make sure this is clear but long story short the night that I met him he actually took pictures and videos of me oh, and a couple shit, of the other comedians one. yeah I, I forgot about that oh, side yeah. of the story that he was also like a creep he was a, he was a total creep and Sarah Sarah Pearl who yeah. I, I adore Sarah was one of my first friends with the comedy scene 
I told her about this. I was like, girl, um, this is a little weird, but I think when, like, Yumi and Tina were on stage, she did. So she was like, don't worry. She's like, I got this. And, oh, like, yes. without that <laughs> Fuck somebody. She, huh? like, walks over and she's like, you need to delete. You need to leave video, you need to leave photos. And he was like, no, I just thought you guys were, like, really good on stage. And she just goes, did you take a picture of any of the guys that were on stage? And I'm just, like, standing there because in case, you know, she needed, if my girl needed some backup, I had to, yeah. like, you know, have her back. And I was like, you know what? This Italian doesn't have to say anything because Sarah has got this in yeah. the back. So, yeah, rule number one, be careful of creepers. But what John is referring to is we did was like the first year, for me at least, in the helium competition. And this Diddy walks on stage with a fucking dildo on his head and does... That was the night he got the mic cut, right? Yeah, he got the mic cut, that, obviously. That is my favorite part of the whole Teen Sports tale, is right <laughs> yes. before he gets the mic cut, the last thing he says is, so anyway, comma, Muslims. Oh no! And then the mic got cut, and it's the f- I I hope that I can find like that video that somebody has of that. Yeah, because that is the single funniest thing in the whole world is just saying. So anyway, Muslims, Muslims mic cut. cut. Yeah, it was. It, trust me, what I John, I'm sure they understands too. But um, I don't trust any prop comics anymore because I've already run into three. Between Gene Schwartz with the Trader Joe's bag and the dildo I like and everything. A real shit talking oh my god, right. And then then there's another person with the triangle. And then there was somebody else with bongo drums the other night that went over time. Oh, yeah, I, I heard <laughs> legend. My favorite is Puppet Paul. Puppet Paul. <laughs> yeah, he's a guy named Paul. He has puppets. I met him two times. One was at uh, the Heavy Anchor, and two was at a weird rave uh kind of like sexy time party that was, I didn't I, like it wasn't inherently sexual but there was a vibe and there were closed doors oh wow okay I feel so boring yeah uh, at my like don't ex- give Jimmy any yeah. ideas John like, at my ex-girlfriend's apartment and all I remember from that night is, like, sitting next to uh, my partner and, like, a few of her friends just having a conversation and coming up next to me and Puppet Paul in a paper mache horse mask coming up to me and asking me if I had any drugs. <laughs> Which I did, but I wasn't going to tell Puppet Paul about that. <laughs> so we had, like, a puppet or... Yeah, he was like a puppet guy. He like made the puppets, but his lips moved. Oh, so yeah. he wasn't like a ventriloquist. He wasn't a ventriloquist. He just like made puppets and then did puppetry with his lips moving. Well, that doesn't make any sense. No. <laughs> well, um, yeah, that definitely made no sense to me. But um, yeah, so back to like less shit talking and more positive outlook. You know, they was talking about here. You know. Don't do anything shitty. Just don't do anything evil. Just do your thing and find out. Um, you know, when you recovered from maybe bombing for a set, is there anything advice-wise that you can give for that? Oh, uh, yeah. Like, more hit on the, like, a comedy doesn't really matter. It's the most non-essential of art forms. And it's just kind of 
fun to do. Yeah. Like, I really was. Like, I think you met me at, like, the tail end of this, but I used to be, like, a crazy person about, like, I would have panic attacks and, like, walk back and forth during my set muttering about how, like, the different ways I could get out of it. Aww. And then to the point where now, like, I think it's the funniest thing in the world if nobody thinks I'm funny. Yeah. Yeah, because then at that point, you can do whatever you, you can do whatever you want because the host isn't going to care because you're already bombing. What can you do? Exactly. Like, if you're not going to dig yourself on the way out, you just got to keep digging and maybe <laughs> see the other side eventually. <laughs> and then I think the last question before we get into the casual rumble, which we'll get to, is a... Uh, oh, yeah, just wait. Um, is there anybody maybe that gave you a any good advice or was a positive influence in the comedy scene that you'd like to share? comedy scene? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Oh, uh, probably when Ella Fritz told me to, like, take the mic away from my mouth when I started screaming. Oh, yeah. that's, like, just, that's just, like, good stagecraft. Yeah, absolutely. Shout out to Ella. That's very true because, you know, when, it's the same thing for, because I was a theater major, it's the same thing for, like, acting when we have mics and stuff. Um, it doesn't come as much like we don't necessarily have like the um, like the for, holding for mic. like for reference for the podcast for some reason Molly's just like my <laughs> masturbation <laughs> for about a I'm talking about holding the mic seconds. and it's totally true it looks like I just mimed masturbation that's about where I'm at happy uh, what is today Friday yep time to masturbate yeah, everybody Friday. I yeah. Uh, no, a, but there's a lot of that, like, we're always taught to project, but when it comes to, like, microphones and stuff, you know, we have to always adjust things and be careful. I think that's very smart that Ella brought that up. That was something I learned um, when I went to, so when I was trying to figure out my life, I went and did a showcase in New York at the Broadway Comedy Club. Yeah. And that was one of the things they talked about was before you go on stage, you know, don't when you're, especially when you're getting passionate, which is very easy for somebody as loud as me <laughs> to do. Yeah. Pull the microphone yeah. away from you. Use the mic yeah. when you're talking. Exactly. I, I usually hold it to my side. Yeah. And then just scream, because you know me, I love to scream at people. Oh my people. gosh, yes. If you are a paying audience, all I want to do is just scream at you and make you confused. Perfect. <laughs> I love it, though. All right, so here's right. the deal. So... John is very gracious because I left my phone upstairs, which I usually use as my timer. Uh, so I'm going to let they take over here and put his or they timer on for four minutes. Um, basically, what we do uh, for four minutes, John. They just texted me that they loved me. Oh, well, that's, that's nice. sweet. We should all. Jimmy, I hope I'm getting a text about how much you love me when I go back upstairs. I'm just kidding. But not. Um, <laughs> but yeah, go ahead, answer your love text. And then what we're going to do while John is answering is that, oh, he's ready to go. Dang, like it. John is in it to win it. We casually rumble for four minutes about what we have given up on during the week. So oh. I'll be like, oh, I've casually given up on laundry. And then it's like, oh, I've casually given up on bills. And we just go back and forth. You can even think of it like an improv exercise. All but right. it's like kind of great what you come up with because we're like, oh, cool. Or like I'm giving up on remembering people's names or something like that. So whenever you're ready, hit the timer. And if All you right. want to start, you want me to start. All right, I'm going to have you start because I have to think of one. That's Three, fine. Three, two, one, start.
All right. I've personally given up on the fact that when I was trying to record this podcast, I kept drinking my iced coffee and I keep making noise into the microphone. So I'm very sorry to my listeners if you keep hearing ice during this whole podcast. Oh, <laughs> I have uh, personally given up on uh, being on time for my job because my boss is always 30 minutes late. So if I'm 20 minutes late, it, he doesn't know. Oh, I love Please it. Please don't listen to Mike. <laughs> Don't listen to this, sir. <laughs> I, uh, I've also casually given up on um, not getting... I keep stubbing my toes indoors recently, so I feel like I'm just going to give up on trying to be safe when I'm walking through different buildings, because I feel like even when I try, I keep fucking shit up. But yeah, what about you? Uh, I think I've uh, casually given up. This is going to get a little deep, so it's not that casual. Casually given up the fact that my mom will constantly always misgender me. <laughs> I just gave like a real good thumbs up that should have been a finger gun. Shot. Oh my gosh. John, they is hilarious. He did almost uh, finger gun, but he gave uh, a thumbs up instead. I've also casually <laughs> given up on the fact that Mar- uh, that Molly has forgotten about the existence of the word R for this entire <laughs> podcast. <laughs> I, uh, I, I I have actually, I'm very bad. You know what it is, is I've gotten worse with grammar as I've gotten, like, even at work the other day, I was like, um, they is, and I was like, dang, Miles, like, what am I doing? Yeah. I think it's just my sassy side that comes out, and I'm just like, if especially when I'm talking really fast, I'm just, like, ready to go, or I get too excited that, um... <laughs> I just get too excited that I just stumble over my words and then I don't have a complete sentence. So this poor lady one time was like, I think you need to take some more fish oil. And I was like, <laughs> to help my like mental capacity. So don't worry. It's all of my words, not just even R. It's literally everything. I need a Webster dictionary. <laughs> but go ahead. All right. It's your turn to be casually over something. I am. I am also casually over putting gas in my car. I feel like oh, yeah? gas is way expensive and I'm getting yeah. really tired of it. Gas is terrible. Uh, I have personally, uh, I have casually given up on, dang, I had a good one, but I forgot it. <laughs> uh, so I've casually given up on remembering this one until the next round. Oh, absolutely. I'm also like... Pack the game. <laughs> I know, I feel the same way you do. No, I've casually given up on um, cleaning my apartment as well. Like, I try to clean up on things. I did take the recycling out last night, which was good. But, like, my bed is still unmade. It's just because I have to get up so fucking early that I'm, like, I don't even have time to make my bed. It's fine. Oh, it's fine. I live in just a pile of laundry. <laughs> I feel you. I also have to do my laundry. I just thought about that. All right. Well, so we're at three I. minutes and, like, ten seconds. So we're. what about you, John? All right. I have casually given up on I remembered it. I have casually <laughs> given up on quitting smoking because you can only clean up so much of your shit at one time. Yes, and we, you can only get your you can only casually get your shit together to a certain extent. Okay, guys, yeah. that's all we're saying. You here. still need nicotine. Exactly. Still, still need things. It's just with like me and my whiskey. I always need whiskey, even though I've also casually given up on working out. I I tried to work out oh, yesterday, yeah. and everybody Kate Barton was so funny. She's like, "Girl, you're a boss bitch," and I was like, "I wish I was." But I like I worked out on the treadmill and I was so tired I took a nap afterwards. So. That's fair. You've earned it at that point. I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. 
Uh, I've casually given up on being humble about the fact that I'm going to be so lean and hot in Chicago because I'm going to ride my bike everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have evolved and I am a greater, I'm just a better person than everyone else because I ride a bicycle now. Absolutely. John, thank you so much for coming. You've been Thanks amazing. Uh, why don't you tell us, do you have any, you said you didn't have any shows coming up, but are there any shows that you know, you're maybe looking forward to seeing before you leave? Uh, the only one that I'm really looking forward to, other than Lady Warrior, Molly Ambergy's play. <laughs> yes. I hope you do come get to see that. So, See, uh, I told you, come get to see that. It's something I'm doing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, I mean, like, I don't, this won't be released by tomorrow, no, will it? No. So I can't plug Fatal Bus Accident. But, uh, yeah, just, like, go see St. Louis Independent Comedy, join it. It was, uh, I wouldn't be the person that I am without this weird collection of sometimes very mean people, but sometimes very nice people. Aw, absolutely. No, we're very always are always happy to have... See, I told you guys, I'm telling you I need that fish oil that that lady was telling me about. Yeah. Uh, but I love John. They are great. See? Remember the R. I wasn't like, you they did is. <laughs> I love it. It's all right. I'm just like... Gotta get that little gangster out of me. And then I'll, once I get the grammatical the grammatical oh, alignment, I'll be set. Oh, <laughs> well, anyway. somebody with a clipboard to, like, tell you what to do. Yeah. Call back. Uh, I love it. They're going to love it because they're going to remember when you said something about clipboards 30 minutes ago. Exactly. I love the callback, though. I do need a clipboard. That way it says they are, so I'm not like they is. Oh my gosh, what is my life? I don't even see, and there goes my eyes, guys. But uh, if you enjoyed what you heard today, please remember to casually subscribe to the Casually Molly podcast. We are located on Spotify, Google Play, your Apple Podcast app, iTunes, and our podcast host, Podbean. Don't forget to also casually like the Facebook page, and don't forget to download my friend's Same Difference Music on all services where you can stream music. But again, John, thank you. Take your cool orange sneakers and have an awesome rest of your day. <laughs> Heck yeah, I'm going to go get drunk. Yes, remember to stay casual, everybody. Have a good one. <laughs>